0: Test. 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 test test test
1: 1 2 can you hear me? 1 2 hey confessionista welcome back this is salon confessions and i'm harper hudson each episode i go into my friend jen's nail studio and we discuss topics related to health beauty and relationships most times she's giving me or one of our guests a manicure but in this episode we took some time just to sit and chat about a very important topic How to handle ourselves when we are dealing with toxic situations and people. For all of our dedicated listeners, this episode may sound familiar because we originally published it last year. But this time around, we've done some remastering and honestly, the holidays are coming up and family time is not always the most wonderful time of the year. We all need these reminders right about now as we start planning for high intensity emotions that the holiday season can sometimes bring. What we're pretty clear about is that you can't deal with toxic people. We can't truly do much of anything to control someone else and how they choose to show up in the world. What we can do is sharpen our tools for self-care, self-compassion, and getting and staying on our square. In this episode, I define standing on my square as being internally aligned and clear in my boundaries. So, if you are feeling pulled apart by people or situations outside of your control, or starting the warm-up drive for holding good boundaries through the holidays, this episode is worth a listen, and a re-listen, and another re-listen. After the episode, stay tuned for a bonus Confession of the Week, a previously unpublished confession that may offer one more tool in your coping mechanism toolbox, and it's pretty silly too. We would love to know how you are preparing for the holidays this year. What are your self-care strategies for staying internally aligned, having kind and clear boundaries, and doing whatever it takes to take care of your well-being during this wonderful and often stressful time of year? Email us at salonconfessionspodcast at gmail.com or find us on the socials at salonconfessionspodcast. Trust me, we could use your ideas. And now, we hope you enjoy this episode. We call 5 Steps to Finding Your Square a holiday guide for managing toxic BS.
0: Hi friends, welcome back to The Confessional. I'm here with Harper. We are bringing you a bonus episode. We are not doing her nails today, so you won't have the pleasure of listening to the filing and the beeping, but you will get to listen to our fabulous voices once again. Um, Today we are going to discuss... uh, toxic people, and how to set boundaries. I feel like pretty much everyone has toxic people in their life, Mm -hmm. whether they recognize it or not. um, There's this misnomer that if it's family, you're just supposed to deal with it. I completely disagree. Yep. We'll get into that later. Do we have a confession of the week or are we just jumping straight in? I think we should just share some of our experience. Okay. Get to the point of, The best way to, I'm going to use the term deal with them. By deal, I mean how we set boundaries, how we protect ourselves and our energy when sometimes we have to be around
1: people who are not the healthiest for us. Yes, And I think that's such an important designator because it focuses on what can I control about my behavior and my reckoning with this difficult experience versus when we say how to deal with people. Right. It's sort of like you're trying to control what they do. And that's just a lesson in futility. There's You can't. You can't do that. And I've learned that the hard way so damn many times. <laughs> me too. Me too. That I have to keep saying it out loud because I still want to. I still yeah. want to deal with them. And I still want to move them around and make them different. And I just beat myself against a wall about it. And so I have to keep reminding myself, like, what are my boundaries? How do I stay true to that? And I had a great therapy session on Monday um, in that same exact vein that was so revealing to me because my therapist is like super cheerful like annoyingly cheerful I'm like I'm here for therapy because I have been depressed and he's like okay so let's focus on the positive I'm like fuck you Jeff
0: <laughs> today I just want to be negative <laughs> goddamn it
1: <laughs> but every single time and I've come to the point where I tell him this now every single session we get to the end and I'm like okay, I really didn't know what you were going to be able to do to help me, but this has been really helpful. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and question, does he say much or is it just you unloading the information that releases the angst? No,
1: it's what he says. He has feedback. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give I an know- example. This may, may, This is our confession of the week. Okay. Okay. So um, I'm in therapy with Jeff. And uh, I've been seeing Jeff now in therapy video sessions for a couple of months, three months almost. Um, most of it has to do with some co-parenting legal issues that I'm dealing with, with my ex and, um, and my son and trying to deal with that myself, right? It, it's just been very stressful. Because once again, you cannot control what the other person yes. is doing. You can only control how you respond to it. Yes. And so um, we got a legal decision that was in... I want to say my favor just because that's the easiest way to put it. But ultimately, the impact of that decision still puts my son in the middle of a conflict, which I hate. And so I still have to decide, am I going to take action on this legal decision that was in my favor because it still puts my son in conflict. And so I am torn in two about this whole thing. And I was recognizing inside of my therapy session that uh, I was like, you know, it's clear that I still have some trauma to deal with. Regarding my ex husband, because mm. I am putting stuff onto my son that feels like it's coming from my ex husband, mm. and I'm putting them into the same bucket, and they are not, and my relationships with them are separate. And so I need to treat these things separately. And that is so hard to do. Oh, Oh, that is so hard to do. And so I felt really proud of myself because I came to that conclusion. I was like, Oh, I just did something brilliant in my therapy session. I'm so proud of myself. And he was like, that's really great. Um, But you know, you also need to stand by your boundaries around saying what you think is important for your son and not have that be dictated by what somebody else thinks is supposed to be important. And if it is important to you, it's okay to stay in that space of saying this is important to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, fuck you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> but he's right, but it's difficult. <laughs> but it's difficult. And so I was really pleased with that takeaway because it reminded me, you know what? I, I did en- engage with this situation and there are different ways for me to deal with it other than just avoiding it because I'm afraid of the additional conflict because I engage with it for a reason. Mm. So that's my slightly fast confession of the week week. is boundaries can also mean entering into what you know is going to feel conflictual, but recognizing I'm going to stand in my square. I'm going to be in my space and just say, this is important. And I don't need to move around you. And I don't need to try to figure out how to get you to move in order to stand in my space and say, this is important. This is my boundary.
0: You go girl. Thank you. All right. So I'm going to share an experience of dealing with toxicity because I've got plenty. I mean, I've got stories for days. How much time do you have? Because we could be here all night. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, But this is a quick one. So there was a period of time when I had chosen to stop communicating with my mother. Mm -hmm. I asked her to get some therapy. You know, not that I'm never going to speak to you again, but right now I need to set this boundary. This is not healthy. I had, and because of that, my daughter was in high school at the time. So kind of by default, by me not talking to her, then my daughter was also kind of not talking to her. And I left that decision to her, but Mm -hmm. that's just kind of how it played out. So I had a family friend come to me. I need you to make sure that she is having a relationship with her grandma because that's the only grandma she has and blah, 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 blah. I looked dead at her. I said, so. If she was in a relationship with abusive a boyfriend, would you tell her to stay with him too? Well, no. That's completely different. No, it's not. no, it's not. It is not. And this is how I believe we were raised. Mm-hmm. If it's family, you just you just have to accept them for who they are. No, we don't. Right. Not if they make me feel miserable, make me sick to my stomach, give me anxiety, send my blood pressure through the roof, which is normally very low. Like not if I over don't 60. want to. If it doesn't make me feel good, I don't have to do that. And I have taught my daughter that since the first time I recognized manipulation within our family. Mm -hmm. I didn't see it until I had a child and I saw things being done to her. And then I started Mm -hmm. to say things very clearly and I started to set boundaries. Yes. And I think that is the number one thing. Yes. You have to recognize what's happening. You have to set boundaries because... It's all about choices and it's all about attitude. And there are people in your life that you may have to say, you may have to ask them what you need, and then you may have to love them and miss them, but not spend time with them. Yeah. Because I have a number of people in my life that I have had to keep at arm's length. I have to keep my interaction to a minimum to um, save my own sanity and to not start to question whether I am crazy, because I do plenty of that, too. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times that I have called, like, if so-and-so is crazy, and so-and-so is crazy, doesn't that make me crazy, too? You start so, feeling crazy. Yes, and I said this one time to my now husband, and and he's like, he's looking at me, you know, like, oh, my gosh, yeah. as, I, as my head's spinning out of taxes He's like, well, right now, you look a little crazy, but no, honey, <laughs> you, you are not crazy. But there are times when people in your life will literally make you question your own sanity totally and you have to take that step back and you have to take that um, bird's eye approach you have to look in at the situation to recognize it for what it is now I believe in my heart of hearts that these people whether it's family friends associates don't mean to make you uncomfortable and don't, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm being too kind. I don't know, but I don't believe that most of the people I encounter have bad intentions. They just have their own shit that they're dealing with. Yeah. They have their own things that have passed, been passed down generation to generation. They're possibly dealing with mental health issues. I mean, when mental health comes into play, there are times people say and do things. They don't even understand what they're doing. They don't even understand that their behavior is manipulative yeah, or toxic or condescending. I mean, I can give you a list. of five. I would even right take now. it
1: further. They don't understand that their behavior is hurtful. Absolutely. Because I, they might even think like I am manipulative, um, but it's not going to hurt them. It's for their own good. Oh, which good is point. Good point. even more toxic in some right. cases, or it feels more toxic. Cause then you really feel crazy mm-hmm. because somebody's saying I'm doing this for your own good. And they're basically just beating at you emotionally, psychologically, physically, financially, they're being abusive, but then they say, this is good for you. And they don't feel bad about it. So here's this quote that I had to take a minute to look up. It was posted by Charlemagne, the God, and it says, repeat after me, for my peace, I'm allowing myself to evaluate my relationships with people and things that leave me feeling drained. I'm noticing when my body is physically reacting, and instead of ignoring it, I'm taking action towards a more per- peaceful existence. I suffer when I dismiss what my body is trying to get me to notice. Oh, that's good. I that know. That's so good. I know. And you can say to somebody, I love you, and I will miss you. And I am no longer going to be in any kind of relationship. You don't get my energy in this way. I refuse. And I say that all the time. And then I'm like, why am I still giving them my energy? Right. Um, so because here's are giving people. That's why. Exactly. And so here's a similar one. Um, I have a friend who who shares some of these and every time she shares one, I'm just like, oh, damn. Um, so posted by Makia James uh, on Facebook, a woman on TikTok said if you're an uncredited woman on TikTok. So sorry, TikTok lady. If you're not in my life anymore, it doesn't mean that I think you're a bad person. I don't deem people good or bad. I deem people to be safe or unsafe aligned or misaligned because I am not available for people. I have to protect myself from preach. I mean, that says it all, right? If you feel like you have to enter into any sort of dialogue interaction with somebody and you're just busy protecting yourself and watching over your back, like that's not a place where you need to be spending your energy. Here's where I get really challenged is in the workplace. So I am a schlub who works for other people. I don't get to own my own business. Well, I could own my own business, I guess, if I wanted to. I don't want to. You choose not to.
0: (laughs) I actually did try that some days. That's kind of smart.
1: I, I, my husband is an entrepreneur, and I completely respect everybody who owns their own business, and I respect them enough to know that it's not for me. So I'm a, I'm a schlub who works for other people, and I've had fantastic bosses. And I have had bosses that literally make me weep. And what was interesting is my most previous boss, not in this position, but my previous position um, started out amazing. We had this great connection. It was beautiful. I was like, this is fantastic. I'm so excited. And I'm learning so much. And over time, um, she got more and more pressured to be a certain kind of boss that was out of alignment with who I believe she fundamentally is. Mm. And that level of engagement became very condescending, very backbiting, very, I'm going to sabotage you behind your back. And this is my boss. And I'm going to talk bad about you behind your back. And I'm going to work on finding your replacement right in front of you. And for no reason, you know, like I was successful. And was that... um supposed to be a motivation tactic.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, I think it was – I don't exactly know, and I sort of have had to let go of trying to reason with it because it didn't make any sense sometimes, but I think it was – ultimately and i think to your point about people don't really know how hurtful they're being is i think she was suffering a lot mm-hmm. based on the pressure that she was getting and feeling out of alignment and so there wasn't any place for that to go mm-hmm. and she was very much i need to prove myself i need to belong and this was all boys club senior right. level I, that that's what i'm having a hard time with is yeah. i feel
0: like women are already struggling and already battling to be equal in the workplace so as a woman to Down, degrade another woman. I'm using the word degrade. It was degrading. That was really what she was doing. Like, we should, in any scenario, be lifting each other up. But I think maybe she feared for her own job. Maybe Mm -hmm. she was intimidated by you. You're a very strong person. Hmm. Maybe she was intimidated. Maybe she thought. You could surpass her. Maybe she thought you could do her job better than she could. I mean, we could go on with that for hours. But that that really saddens me yeah. to know that in the workplace. I mean, I haven't had a boss in over 20 years, nor do I want one. I can barely get along with myself. So why do I want to try to get along with somebody else? But you reminded me, the owner of the last company that I worked at, I had a meeting with one day. And I was very excited because I had thought I was moving on a state. And I found out that I wasn't. And I was putting all my effort in. and I was just like, oh, this is so great. I'm so excited to be here. And this is where I'm going to be. And I'm building my career. And he looked at me and said something along the lines of, why do you think you deserve as big of a piece of the pie when you're not working as hard as the next person to get there? what right which was a slap in the face and all i could think was where are you getting your information seriously i left there miserable i was miserable for months when i finally had a meeting with my actual manager who was a woman
1: yeah
0: i finally said where is he getting his information and she said what are you talking about so i gave her the whole scenario she was blown away she said absolutely not i completely disagree with what he said do not take that to heart. You always have a job here. You deserve as big of a piece of the pie, you know, the exact Mm -hmm. opposite. Come to find out that was some of what he did. He thought that was a motivating tactic that didn't motivate me to want to do anything, but leave the company. Right. Right. And he had picked, I found out that particular day he picked on me and one other person Mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm going to put a flame under that. All it did was deflate us, Totally make us feel like scum of the earth. And like, we didn't want to be there.
1: Right. Right. Now, this is a very successful right. business owner. Right. And I'm sure it has worked twice. And so it's validated him like, oh, this is totally this. Right. Is, this is my key to success. This is what I do. And if you don't get it, clearly you're not meant to be here. You don't belong here. Yeah. It's wrong. Yeah. So wrong. but but here's where we come back full circle. Right. It's it's about having that person who can say you're not crazy. <laughs> right. Having that sanity check person in your life. Who are your sanity checks? That for me is so core to who I am. And it's important for me to have more than one because like with this whole situation with my ex and my son, and I got this decision that was technically in my favor, but it doesn't feel like it's a good news. It doesn't feel like a win at all. And so I, I was like, okay, I need sanity checks and I need to run this by people that I trust who I think are good people who can give me a perspective and not tell me what to do right? They can give me, here's my perspective. This sounds really hard. And I knew that that's what they would say, regardless, they wouldn't be afraid to share their perspective and they, they would be very empathetic. And so I cultivate very, very intentionally in my life, people who will be that source of love and compassion and sanity check. If you're not going to tell me your real position, then we're probably lying to each other. If I can't tell you my real position, we're probably lying to each other. If we're lying to each other, Why are we trying to connect? You're not helping.
0: And I think um, the older we get, the more we need that. And not that we need more people. Yeah. We just need to really lock in those true relationships of people who will be brutally honest. Because sometimes we need to be told, no, you're a little out of pocket on this one. You reminded me, too, um, one time on my sanity check. I, it actually was the same scenario that I asked my now husband, like, am I crazy? Yeah. I called my aunt and gave her the same rundown. If so-and-so is crazy and so-and-so is crazy, does that mean I too am indeed crazy? And she said, the fact that you're questioning this tells you you're not
1: crazy. Crazy people don't wonder whether they're crazy.
0: Exactly. Because they're so far gone, they can't even think in a realistic state. (laughs) And I'm hoping that's true because I feel like I ask myself this all too often lately, but you are absolutely right. Key is having people you can reach out to when you are having that moment or you're having that scenario. Mm -hmm. You need to bounce it off them and say, What could I do differently? I'm very good at taking a step back, acknowledging my contribution to a situation yes. but sometimes I'm not sometimes I'm so hell bent on like you said earlier trying to fix the other person mm-hmm. that I can't see how I've contributed to the situation for sure so you need those friends who are going to be like ah uh, yeah no you were wrong yeah. you should have you know approached that differently yep. maybe if you didn't come out guns blazing <laughs> you would get a different result I mean every so often you know we're not perfect we need to check ourselves too yes Um. but I just think it is so key for people to recognize recognize that you do not yes. have to accept that behavior whether it's from a boss, a family member, yes. a so-called friend. Yes. Um, you need to recognize it, yes, set the boundaries. And even for if yourself it, and you can yeah. communicate
1: them or not communicate them. You don't owe anybody. Yes. An I have, I have
0: frequently not said anything to the other person because mm-hmm. I know that's going to fall on deaf ears. I have just made adjustments in how I deal with them, mm-hmm. whether it's in frequency mm-hmm. or amount of time, you know, keeping yeah. it to a minimum. I, as you may well know, I have completely canceled people. Like I, I take and take and take and take and take, and then you will just get canceled. And some people would say it was <laughs> wrong. Right. But. People can only take so much and I can give warning signs like, okay, you know, what you're saying and doing is not making me feel good. And when they continue to do that, eventually you just get axed and whether you're family or not, I will cut you off completely because that's what I need to do for my energy, for my day-to-day living to not have my anxiety through the roof. Yeah. They'll stick to my stomach and all the other side effects that come in dealing with toxic people.
1: So I have a, um, a family member who uh, started experiencing dementia and ended up beating and abusing his wife of over 50 years, who was suffering from cancer. Oh. And it was horrifying. And when I talked with his kids, they said, you know, dad's always been a jerk, but this is different. And they rescued their mom and and the mom, you know, passed a few months later, um, in safety, right. And said, I don't want to be buried with him. I, you know, nothing. So the husband passed away, the abusive, and one of his kids posted something so beautiful that just moved me. It, it said, you know, it explained what had happened. My dad increasingly had dementia. He abused my mom. I can't believe he did that. I can't, can't bear the thought of my mother in pain and what she went through but he will always be the dad that was my adventure buddy. And she posted this picture of the two of them. And she said, and not even he can take that away from me. And I thought that is such a beautiful way to speak to the grief of the loss before the loss, right? I can love the person that loved me. Well, and know that that person no longer exists, either in reality or in the world, right? Mm-hmm. They and 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 work with that, right? I can I can start there. I, I just I hope everybody can find that place where you just have that little inch of where do I need to go next? And and so this is what I do. So I share I've shared this, and so I'm gonna um, just share a little bit more of this. Um, so I, I talked earlier about like standing on my square. What does it mean for me to stand on my square? And it just means like I'm in internal alignment. I don't feel like I am trying to wrap myself around somebody else's crazy behavior. I say crazy flippantly, but you know what, whatever the word is toxic, manipulative, hurtful, something that I'm trying to do to either change them or change myself to work around them you know, all of that, it's when I am not in alignment, I'm not on my square, but I know how to get back on my square and it's tried and true and tested. So if this works for you, great. So here's my secret path. Step one, pause, full stop. If I am not sure what the hell to do or what's going on, I just stop. i just stop trying to figure it out. And I literally just get quiet I don't do anything. I usually lay on the couch or in bed. Sometimes I'll just literally take a full day of, and and it's kind of a pity party. I'm not going to lie. You're entitled. But it is just that moment of, I refuse to try to figure this out right now. I am just in my feelings. You can't figure it out. In that
0: moment, you're not going to come up with a logical conclusion. Absolutely. So step
1: two is ask. I ask my trusted connections for help and reflection, those sanity check people. And this requires so much vulnerability because, to your point, they might tell you the truth about what they think. And if they're good people who really love you, they will. And I, a lot of times when I do this, I specifically reach out to people who I know will tell me the truth and know that I might not like it. And I reach out to those people because. When I hear something that makes me react, I go, oh, that's something I need to listen to. Why am I reacting so strongly to that suggestion? Mm -hmm. Why am I reacting so strongly to that perspective?
0: And sometimes a reaction isn't a positive one, right? Sometimes a reaction is like, oh, I don't like that. Totally. you are getting a reaction. Okay. Exactly.
1: Good stuff. Exactly. And so a lot of times my husband will talk to me and I'll give him a business problem and he'll tell me something and I'll be like, that's a horrible idea. I hate you for that. Like I won't say I hate him cuz I don't. But I'll just I'll get all flustered and frustrated and annoyed and then I won't say anything else. And then like I'll sleep on it and the next day I'm like god damn it he was right. <laughs> I hate it when, I that, hate happens. It when that happens. <laughs> but it also tells me like if I'm reacting really negatively really strongly to something somebody is suggesting then um that tells me what I really want. Right? So it tells me I really want this validation or it tells me something a little bit more like like when my therapist, Jeff, told me, you know, you don't have to change your boundary. I was like, oh, shit, I was doing that. Mm -hmm. And um, and so. Number two, ask and be really open. It's a very vulnerable place to be. And the person that you ask, you have to trust them and, and love them for whatever they offer um, because it's about what, you, what how you react. So number three is seeking gratitude and strengths. And this is a Jeff s- suggestion. He always says, um, so what are your strengths in this scenario? And I hate him for it. <laughs> and I do tell him that because I'm not married to Jeff. I'm married to Hudson. But um, he's right. He's totally right because gratitude is, you know, there's so many studies out there, go Google them, having gratitude and starting from a place of gratitude, counting 10 things that you're grateful for starts to stimulate your mood in a strong, positive direction. It changes your way of thinking. It changes your body chemistry. And so finding a positive, seeing the light in the darkness, like, you know, being able to draw a boundary, good for me, Mm -hmm. being able to see what's important to me good for me. Or I have historically had a great relationship with my son. I need to trust that that's going to continue. Right. Mm, That's good. And this is, this is directly from Hudson. One of the things he loves to say to people and they always cry. Truly. I have seen him make so many people cry. He's like, remember every time you have faced a challenge in the past, you've worked through it. You have a hundred percent track record of success, overcoming difficulty in your life. Oh, that's deep right? Mm-hmm. If you're standing here, you have hundred percent success, overcoming difficulty in your life. You are breathing, you are working it. So seeking those gratitude and strengths, number four, two more, one is release it, release whatever or whoever needs releasing. And I think to, you know, the point about my family member, like it was just releasing, you know, that love towards somebody who no longer existed. Um, but I think this can be releasing an emotion releasing a belief. Um, And I think sometimes releasing an emotion is like releasing a big, huge cry fest. Like, Mm -hmm. let me just let it all out or letting the screaming out and going and punching a bag or, you know, releasing that emotion in the way that it needs to be released rather than like trying to force it into a little tiny box in your soul. Um, Releasing a belief. Like I talked about releasing my belief that people who use cannabis in any way, shape or form are somehow... I don't know, derelicts or something. Like, I just had to release that. Um, Releasing a grudge. um, And sometimes that's for yourself more than anybody else. Um, Or releasing my ego. Hello? (laughs) I hate that one. I hate that a lot. I really like I'm good friends with my ego. That
0: must be be number one. (laughs) Because you really do have to put your own ego to the side. Yes. To be able to... Yes. recognize the situation because
1: how many times have you been in an argument with somebody and you're like oh I should have just said that mm-hmm. just saying that you know whatever that that is mm-hmm. that's about my ego right I would even I would even go so far to say and again we'll we'll start some debate here but um will Smith slapping Chris Rock at the Oscars was about will Smith's ego absolutely and good bad or otherwise, I think there's good and bad and terrible stuff in all of that. Yeah. But that was an ego place, and I think he admitted that in his apology, even. Um, so, also releasing the comfort of familiarity changes hard, and letting go of somebody is really hard. Being in grief about letting somebody go is really hard. And lastly, releasing self doubt—that's my biggest sin.
0: Mm, I, isn't that every most women? Probably? Women.
1: We suffer from that self doubt, and yes. you you feel like. I can't let it go because i'm supposed to have it like it's mine to own i can't let self-doubt go that would make me egotistical or arrogant or something okay so then step number five take a small step forward you don't need to know the whole path take a step i am pausing i am putting a boundary i am taking a week to think about this i am not going to communicate with you i am going to you know manifest something positive Hey, it's Harper, and if you've been listening for a while, you know I've been on a mission to trade out more and more of my evening cocktails for non-alcoholic options. It saves on calories, helps my liver enzymes stay in a healthy range, and ensures I get a good night's sleep and don't wake up with a hangover from one little glass of wine. One of my favorite mocktail-making options is Free Spirits, which makes non-alcoholic expressions of the world's greatest spirits, like gin, bourbon, and tequila. Now, I tried a few different alcohol-free spirits, but honestly, I was not impressed. Most of them tasted medicinal, and I didn't get that great back of the throat burn that really tells me I'm drinking something special. But when I tried free spirits, the spirit of gin, with a splash of tonic and a slice of lime, I was blown away. My favorite summer cocktail tasted exactly like the real thing. Only I didn't have to worry about having two, or even three for happy hour with my husband at the end of a long week. I don't miss a thing when I drink Free Spirits and I've been raving to everyone I know about this brand. So are you curious? Try Free Spirits with me. Go to drinkfreespirits.com and use discount code HARPERHUDSON, all one word, to get 15% off your purchase. My favorites are the Negroni bundle and the Speakeasy bundle. Go to drinkfreespirits.com and get 15% off with discount code HARPERHUDSON today. Then make sure to follow my Instagram at HarperHasNiceNails, where I feature new recipes with my Free Spirits products. If you're ready to reduce your alcohol intake without sacrificing flavor, make sure to try Free Spirits. Okay, so here's the five steps pause, full stop, get quiet, take a beat, ask, Ask your sanity check, people who love you and tell you the truth, seek gratitude and strengths, release what needs releasing, and decide a small step forward. To me, this helps me find my square. And when I'm on my square, I can have good boundaries. I can find my way forward. And I feel like I'm being true to myself. And that, I think, is what dealing with toxic people around us or people who make us feel like we're being toxified you know, it's about how we react to them. How do I control my reactions? And how do I manage what's within me to manage and control?
0: Yes, the key is we can't control them. We can't control them, damn it. We can only control ourselves. I hate that. And once that that right there, once you understand you cannot control what anyone else says, what anyone else does, how anyone else feels, ah, as difficult as it is, you just have to figure out how you can control how you react to them or yeah. don't react to them. Oh, yes. We can choose not to react. That's right. And whether that is not reacting to that scenario, but maintaining a relationship or not maintaining the relationship. Yeah. Uh, Tupac once said, just because you lost me as a friend doesn't mean you gained me as an enemy. I am bigger than that. I still want to see you eat. Just not at my
1: table. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I still want to see you eat. Just not at my table. God bless Tupac.
0: And I think that's key in everything. I think we spend so much time, especially maybe in younger years, wanting karma or wanting something bad to happen to people because they made us feel bad. Mm -hmm. That's not the key here. Mm -hmm. The key is to release them. Let them be who they are. Mm -hmm. Whether you choose to maintain a relationship or not. But not to wish ill on them because that's going to come back on you as well. Totally. You need to release them to be who they are, Mm -hmm. set your boundaries to protect yourself, your feelings, and emotions, but wish them the best Mm -hmm. from afar. From afar. From afar. And maybe they are allowed in and out from time to time. Yeah. You know, you give them a second time, a third time. Maybe you learn you can handle them, but only in small doses. Right. But whether you're dealing with them all the time, some of the time, or none of the time, you still wish them well. Totally. Because everyone should have a good life. Yes. Be successful and be happy.
1: Yes. And wish for them that they find a happier place. If they seem like they are not in that place, I can't help them find that. That's where I struggle.
0: Well, and I would say I'm nine times out of 10 people who tend to feel toxic are not happy in mm-hmm. their own skin, mm-hmm. whether they recognize it like or not. Like my boss. Yes. My
1: former boss.
0: So they're lashing out, trying to make themselves feel better. It's not working because no. they still aren't going to feel any better. And then they're just making other people around them feel worse. Whether that's our intention or not, we'll never know. But yeah. wish them well. Put up your uh, invisible shield. Yes. I do that a lot. Like, I know you do. I, I, I You're block very gifted you. at it. I, well, it's a gift and a curse all at the same time because when you're so sensitive to other people's energy, it's exhausting. It is. So you have to figure out how not to absorb that, whether yeah. you're hugging trees or going barefoot. <laughs> right. or... This takes us back to episode one. Was that in the first one? I think so. Yeah. So I'm not hugging any trees, but I am putting up that invisible barrier because... Yeah. People will suck the life out of you if you allow them to. So you have to set those boundaries, whether it's physical boundaries or mental
1: boundaries to not Mm -hmm. allow that in. Yes. So we're not dealing with toxic people in our life. We are managing our own well-being and graciously letting go what doesn't serve us. Yes. And I love your list. That was good. Thank
0: you. You can
1: probably sell that write a book It sounds like i'd have to own a business and be an entrepreneur oh yeah we're I'm not doing, that. doing <laughs> that we're not doing that okay we're not
0: doing that. i think by now you know where to find us uh salon confessions podcast on all of the socials you can um communicate with us at salon confessions podcast at gmail.com nailed it
1: Every time I listen to this episode, I'm reminded that I really should write down those five steps for finding my square and post them on a wall somewhere. Then I forget and decide I can always just come back and listen to this episode. So make sure to subscribe and like this podcast so you can do the same. For your bonus content today, I pulled out a lost confession of the week that has never been shared on this podcast. The story is a good one and relevant, especially with this topic. But you'll notice the audio isn't quite as good as usual because this was recorded from my phone one day when our technology was tripping us up. But the story is well worth a listen and check out our social channels for actual pictures of the pots Here it is. I'm here with Harper.
0: I'm hearing for my safety. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'd never hurt you. No, no, no. I'm not veering for my safety. I have, um, let's just say I've been getting very odd text messages from her over the last couple weeks. Um, you know, I, I know she's not going to harm herself or anyone else, but first things first,
1: what were these
0: pots you sent me?
1: <laughs> now, this is not the pot, like the pot episode we did. No, these are like flower pots.
0: These are like flower pots. And she she sends me this picture of these um, interestingly painted pots. That's such a nice way to say it. (laughs) (laughs) And my first thought was, what the hell is that? Yeah. Um. And I
1: believe you called them succu pots. I did. I called them succu pots. What? And and I'm not sure if I should trademark that (laughs) or copyright it, but. It might be a business opportunity. I'm not sure. So the last two weeks have just been crazy shit show. But more than anything, I've just been like in this rage for, I'm not going to say no reason, but it's not like I'm mad at anybody. I'm not mad at the world. I'm not mad at my husband. I'm not sad. I'm just in this like enraged, hot lava state of mind. Okay. Which has mainly made me super kind of like ragefully productive I've never rage cleaned in my life but apparently I um maybe have taken up a new hobby of rage crafting (laughs) again a potential business opportunity Uh so I have this peace room in my house wait I'm not sure anyone would buy those pots I'm just (laughs) (laughs) oh they're not supposed to they're not supposed to in fact, <laughs> I finished with them, and I am very happy if I just paint right over them all over again.
0: Oh, okay. Otherwise, you could take it to like one of those
1: smash places. it. Yeah, yeah. They, they take donations. No- yes, <laughs> <I> exactly. <mean,
0: laughs> just throwing it out there. So I
1: have, I have a peace room, <clears throat> which I was so excited to create when I bought my house two or three years ago, and I was like, I want a room all to myself. It's going to be meditative. It's going to be peaceful. And it turns out, when you are an extrovert. You don't want to go into a room by yourself. <laughs> That's sad and depressing. I, I can co-sign that. Yep. <laughs> so I've had this peace room that I don't use. And so now I'm turning it into a craft room, maybe a podcasting room. It's going to be a room of purpose. Okay. But in the in the meantime, I was pulling out these things out of the you know crafting closet that were spilling out anyway, and I found these paints. So I'm having this just weird couple of weeks, and I got just annoyed with energy and so I grabbed an old plastic tablecloth like the kind you get at the dollar store I went up to the peace room and then I grabbed the paints and the paintbrushes and I had this great idea I was like I have these two blank terracotta pots they're fresh I need to replant some succulents because they're growing out of their pots so I'll just paint these and then I can put the new succul- put the succulents in the new pots So I take this all down, set up in my backyard, but I am not in the mood to make anything like spectacular or careful or beautiful or planful or really anything. So I pour a bunch of paint on this tiny paper plate. I pick up some paintbrushes and I just start painting whatever, swooshes and sparkles and spots and like flicking the paintbrush. And then I flipped it over and I drip paint on the sides and... It wasn't that the outcome was beautiful. It's not. They're hideous. <laughs> I mean, they're you hideous. said it, not me. My, my husband very generously said, you know, it reminds me of a winter mountain scene. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like in a blizzard? <laughs> in a horror movie? A, I don't know. Okay. They're, they're some shade of like green and gray and black and blue and yellow, which is not even a good color combination. <laughs> they're hideous. But it was very satisfying. So it was therapeutic. Very therapeutic. Okay. Because here's what happened that was really magical is I was painting them and painting them, and I was just like, this is so stupid. These are so ugly. I'm going to cover these up. I was just letting it all out on the pots. Okay. And then as I sat there, I they were wet and I needed to move them because it was getting dark, but I couldn't move them because they were still wet paint. So I just sat there pouting, watching the paint dry. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but here's the thing, is when you sit still and watch paint dry, it's actually an incredibly meditative experience. So this whole thing was some sort of Ragecraft magic of you grab whatever goddamn craft supplies <laughs> you have trashed out in your craft supply closet, uh-huh. go into the backyard, and Ragecraft, just- paint some pots. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the succulents are yes. going in the pots. Yes. Hence the name succupot. Yes. Okay. Yes. I get it now. I and get I, it now. And I have replanted the succulents in the pots, and honestly they look really happy. <laughs> <laughs> the pots still are hideous. They're so ugly. The plants <laughs> can't see that though, because no. they're inside. Exactly. And okay. they're making the
0: whole thing beautiful. Where where are you putting these <clears throat> not so cute pots?
1: Um, right now they're on my deck. Okay, so not your neighbors don't have to No them? Okay. No, and the rest of my house, like I said, I've been like rage planting and rage cleaning and doing all these weirdly productive things. Mm. But the rest of my house, like you drive up to the front of my house, I've got these beautiful topiaries and I've got this whole sitting mm-hmm. area set. Like it's really gorgeous. And quaint, yeah. And quaint. Beautiful. And not. it looks like a magazine, which is not my brand usually. <laughs> <laughs> but and then and our neighbors
0: think it is pots. Hanging out on the deck Okay. Yeah. Um, if anyone
1: else creates a
0: sucky pot, please send me a oh photo. Oh my god! I please want to see it. and please do this.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to explore, like, what could this be? Like, this could be a movement. It, <laughs> it, it, it,
0: could, it could be either the head, or it's going to be steer clear. I know. One of the
1: two. I know. One Maybe one. it's a cue to your like family and significant other, like, hey, I need to go ragecraft. Please leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm building some sucky pot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was like. I didn't know if it was a typo. Like, were you trying to say fuck you pots? I know. I had so many questions, but I didn't even know where to begin. So I, I was know. like, yeah, we'll just talk about this in person.
1: And and I thought about, like, calling it a fuck you pot. Mm-hmm. But it was so much cuter and a pot, yes. it, to no, call no, it I a like fuck you pot. I like you pot
0: because, <laughs> you know, life sucks, right? So you could go in a few different directions with that. Absolutely. I like it, I like it a lot. I know. Thank you. Thank you. You're very
1: welcome. So there you have it. Five steps for finding your square when you're surrounded by toxic bullshit and a little bonus rage crafting activity you can bring to all your holiday parties. As always, we want to hear your confessions. Email us at salonconfessionspodcast at gmail.com or find us on the socials at salon confessions podcast. Salon Confessions podcast is recorded live in Jen Lawrence's nail studio while she's giving a manicure and produced and edited by me, Harper Hudson. You can connect with us on Instagram at Jen takes confessions and Harper has nice nails. Additional production support for this episode was provided by Ruth Spence at Sanivia studios. Please like, and subscribe to salon confessions podcast, wherever you listen. Remember your engagement makes this podcast possible. Now go reconnect with all those sanity check people in your life and send them some love.